Hi, I'm Lauren Hunter. And I'm Kate Flasick. And this is Generation BSC, where we dive into the Babysitter's Club series from the beginning and take a look at it from the perspective of our micro-generation. Um, which we call Generation which BSC. Which we call Generation BSC. Because that's just what it is. So before we even get into this, did you see the email that we got from Deanna? I did, yes. So to everyone listening out there, with the number of times that we have talked about Marianne's last name and how to pronounce it, our listener Deanna sent us an email um, right before the end of 2019. We're now recording this right at the beginning of 2020. Um, apparently in book 87, Stacy and the Bad Girls, Stacy says this. She sent us the actual quote from the book. Her, nest, her last name rhymes with cheer, not crier, which, come to think of it, are both perfect words for Marianne. Thank you, thank you, thank, thank you, you. So, Deanna, or Deanna, because we would have had to wait. I think I responded. It was like yeah. 74 more books, 77 more books from what, where, what we had read at that point. So thankfully, we don't have to wait that long. And annoy everyone <laughs> right. who is like screaming in their cars yeah. at us. You're like, oh, what is it? Spire, Spear? We know it's Spear. We now know it's Spear. Um, I feel very confident in saying, though, that we will continue to get it wrong and then go, oh, wait, that's right. It's, right. It's, we do know the answer yes, to this, this question. <laughs> um, speaking of getting things wrong, we did forget to end last week um, with, with our prediction. productions. Or not last week, last episode. Yes. Um, because, well, now we're actually jumping to recording every other week, so hopefully we will stop saying last week because... Before now, we were recording every week, so when we said last week, it was because to us, it was last week. But we're finally on a, on a regular schedule, so yes. let's, we're hoping to get this right. Um, but we did, re- we realized we were so um, ready to wrap up at the end before yes. the holidays that we totally forgot to talk about our predictions for this book. But I can say pretty confidently that neither one of us predicted at all where this was going. Definitely accurate. Because um, I went back after after we both realized, like, days and days later after we had recorded that we hadn't, like, we both simultaneously were like, oh, wait, hey, we didn't do the prediction. It was like, oh, right, yeah, we didn't. I totally realized that, too. I, like, went and read it, and it was like, and it was after I had read this, and I was just like, um, yeah, I definitely had no idea. No. I'm sure that I read this book. I, as always, like, I'm sure that I read this mm-hmm. book. I do not recall it, I think, because I blocked it out. Which... I was going to say, I think we both blocked this one for trauma. So yes. let's tell people why. Yeah. So did we say this is Christy and the Snobs? No, Book 11. Didn't. Okay. So this is Christy and the Snobs, Book 11. Lauren, back of the book. Back of the book. <laughs> so Christy and the Snobs released March 1988, actually Anne M. Martin. Christy's mom got married again last summer, and now Christy and her family live in a new neighborhood. The kids aren't very friendly. In fact, they're, well, snobs. They criticize Christy's clothes, they make fun of the babysitter's club, and worst of all, they laugh at Louie, Christy's pet collie who's going blind. Nobody does that and gets away with it. Christy's fighting mad, and she's not going to put up with it much longer. If anyone can beat a snob attack, it's the babysitter's club, and that's just what they're going to do. I mean, the Babysitter's Club doesn't really do anything. Stacy like, sort of helps with two snob children. Fair, but, like, the whole Shannon plot? It's just Christy. Yeah. And it's not even, like, much of an attack back. Although they're, it's the, like, lamest prank There's war the, ever. Yeah, we, we'll discuss we'll the get prank war, but, like, yeah, I was, reading it, I was like, really? This is what you guys are doing? But anyway. Speaking of maturity, so, we'll get into yes, all of that. There, there's a lot of maturity things in this book. Um, the back of the book really glossed over the major occurrence in this book. So The trauma that uh, we both had to relive while reading this book? Yes. yes. So we'll go through. I'll, I'll jump into the our description, which does touch on the trauma. And then we can probably, hopefully not spend the rest of the episode discussing that trauma. But there's, oh, we're gonna there's break some down. things to discuss. Yeah. Okay. So the Babysitter's Club General in this book, generally, um, as usual, the Babysitter's Club plays a backseat role. Highlights include Don's brother Jeff having some emotional issues and declaring that he hates Connecticut and wants to move back to California, setting the stage for his inevitable move back. Stacy using some bomb, <laughs> bomb. <laughs> okay, I I was in a mood when I wrote this. Yep. Apparently, it made uh, me giggle. I left it. <laughs> Stacy using some bomb reverse psychology to deal with the Papadakis children, who are somehow more bratty than Jenny Prezioso. Truth. Yes. Claudia and Mallory babysit for the Pikes, where the triplets Claire and Margot are recovering from chickenpox, while Nikki and Vanessa are coming down with it. Yikes. Yeah. And that whole, like, little subplot was very clearly, like, Claudia's got another chapter and Claudia needs to do something. Because you can lift that wholesale from the book and absolutely nothing. Irrelevant. Yep. Okay. So, 
Christy's specific plot. Who boy, strap in. <sighs> Trigger warning for animal content. Yes. Christy admits that she hasn't tried to meet the other kids in her neighborhood, but takes on some babysitting jobs there when their neighbors start using the Babysitter's Club services. Shannon Kilborn, yes. Christy's neighbor across the street doesn't take kindly to Christy, her babysitting incursion, or Louie, which, Jesus fucking Christ, Louie is not doing well at the start of this book and gets worse, including a trip to the vet to diagnose, diagnose arthritis and impending blindness. The book ends with the Thomas Brewer family making the extremely heartrending decision to put Louie to sleep. It's fucking rough, and the book ends on an upper, though, with Shannon and Christy making peace after Shannon offers Christy's family one of her dog's puppies, ultimately resulting in Shannon joining the Babysitter's Club as an associate member. Also, David Michael names the new puppy Shannon. <laughs> Which <laughs> makes me totally crack up. Yes. Like, it, rough, rough, rough book. Yeah. But the, it really did. Like, it was clear that Shannon and Christy were going to be friends by the end of it. And right. And then the, like, cherry on top, David Michael naming the dog Shannon, Shannon. because it's Shannon's dog's puppy. <laughs> like, I was like, okay, I can, I can finish this book and not want to kill die. myself. Yeah. Um, it was a close thing for a minute there. So. It was rough. Um. It, some behind the scenes notes of how this all played out. Kate, um, I was very sick for the last couple of weeks. Yes. And um, so we were having some discussion about, did we want to hold off recording? Because literally two days ago, all you would have heard was me hacking. Yes. Um, and I was like, well, mostly I'm concerned about being able to concentrate long enough to read the book and we're making plans. And Kate texts me. She's like, red alert. Do not start this book right now. Yes. I was, I'm a mess. Yeah. So it was, we finished, we both, I can't talk. It's like January 7th right now. So we usually both read the books over the weekend before we record. So I, on Friday, was like over work because December was a nightmare for me mm-hmm. as a real estate attorney. It's not a good time to be a real estate attorney <laughs> um, with everyone wanting to get stuff done by the year end. So on what would that have been? January 3rd was Friday. And I was just like, I'm I'm done working for the day. And so I was like, well, I, I do have this lease I could draft or I could read Babysitter's Club and draft the lease tomorrow. So I decided to read the Babysitter's Club book on Friday afternoon when I usually read it Saturday morning. And I was like three chapters in, four chapters in. And I was like texting Lauren, like, you need to wait until tomorrow to read this because you are not in your like diminished state. You are not going to yeah. be in the right place to, to read this book and get through it. Cause I fully healthy was like sobbing, ugly crying. It was rough. And then I decided to watch the season four finale of the magicians, oh, which that's just a bad back was like, it was, I, if anyone follows me on Twitter, I, tweeted about that afternoon and yep. how it was just a, a shit ton of ugly crying for me at my house. Yep. It was rough. Um, I made the mistake of watching Toy Story 4 oh. um, after reading this uh, on Saturday, thinking, oh, it'll be... I, I knew there was going to be, like, some Oh, you hadn't seen it yet? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so that was a poor choice on my part as well. Yeah. But I was thinking, oh, some wholesome Buzz and Woody and, and badass Bo Peep and forky existential crisis funniness. Yes. No. Not so much. Um, Not quite as bad as Toy Story 3, but no, still very but still, bad. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so I knew full well going in Saturday morning, but literally about 20 minutes after I start reading, I text Kate and I was like, oh God, yeah. I think I know where this is going and I am not on board. Um, yeah. In, so chapter 12 is when they have to like make the decision. Here is, I took four lines of notes oh God. when I was reading that chapter. In all caps, what the fuck? In all caps, are they going to put Louie down with four question marks? Oh Jesus, they are. I cannot handle this. Yep. Because I I was just I there's not even words. I was just no. so upset by the whole thing. And I was so shocked because I really, I genuinely remember Louis very well. Mm-hmm. I, I he was like immediately he came back to me when we started reading. And I had we obviously remembered Mimi. We've been talking about yes, Mimi exactly. since the beginning. Um, did not remember this. I think part of the reason I didn't remember is because I didn't get a dog until I was in sixth grade, so like 11, 12. So like my parents had a dog when I was like a baby, mm-hmm. so I didn't really remember that dog. And I hadn't, when I was reading these books, I didn't have a dog yet. So I think it didn't stick with me the way that it would have had I had a dog at the time. I agree. And it, I just, I honestly have my very first dog now. Um, as of a couple of months ago. So, well, that's not strictly true. We had a dog for a very brief period when I was in high school. Mm. It 
did not go well. Um, we got a very aggressive dog who was aggressive with other people and had wow. to, um, did not stay with us very yeah. long. And that sort of scarred everybody. Um, I mean, literally, I think it was maybe six months. Yeah. A year. I can't remember. I'm sure my mom was listening and yelling at me. It was probably like four years. But <laughs> right. in my mind, it seemed like a very, brief, very short. brief period of time. It was very traumatic for all of us. And um, then um, my parents didn't get another dog for my siblings um, until I had already left for college. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, loved... I was going to say, I remember meeting that dog, yeah. but it was obviously we didn't meet till you were in college. So it was after that. Yeah. So I, I loved Sammy, but Sammy mm-hmm. was never my dog. I never lived yeah. with Sammy. I never trained with Sammy. Um, Sammy w- um, died when I was still in Vegas a couple years mm-hmm. ago. And it was sad, but again... Not my dog sad. Like, it was yeah. a dog that I cared about. Um, so this was especially um, interesting timing for me because I literally did just adopt a dog mm-hmm. three months ago. And I'm obsessed with him. And it's been, you know, full of ups and downs because he's a rescue dog and has, has some issues. And I'm like, he's like sitting next to me on the couch <laughs> while I'm reading this. And I'm like clutching him and crying. And he's like, what is happening crazy lately? Yeah. Um, Let's be real. He's used to me crying on the couch now. That's accurate. (laughs) But I'm not usually clutching at him while Mm -hmm. I'm doing it. So um, I knew, based on how upset you were, the minute they were like, oh, he bumped into the door, I was like, this dog's dead. This Mm -hmm. dog is dead by the end of this book. Um, And sure enough, um, I it it felt very fast in the context of Mm -hmm. the book. I think that makes sense. Like, you don't want to drag it out over right. multiple books. Um, this is not really a series that's, like, episodic or, I mean, right. serialized in that way. It's much it's more much episodic. It's much more episodic where it's, like, here's the issue for this one. It's resolved and we're mostly resolved by the end. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know – I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing in this case. Like, I feel like most people's uh, – again, I, I've never had to go through this personally – so I don't know, but I feel like most people, it's a slower decline. I remember yes. with with Sammy, it was definitely a, a long, slow, yeah. and like... Well, as someone who has had to put a dog down, yes. it is much, much longer. But I, I did appreciate, as someone who's sort of gone through the same thing, my childhood dog, we ended up having to make the decision to put her down um, when I was in law school. So, I mean, she was, I think, 12, 13, maybe 14. So it, obviously, we'd had a very, very long time with her. Yeah. She had she was fine most of the time. She was a golden retriever German shepherd mix, based on what our vet told us. She was a rescue even, yeah. you know, back then. Um, but with the golden retriever in her, like her hips started going. Mm-hmm. And so it would, you know, for the last couple of years, we were like taking her every couple of weeks to get shots in her hips of steroids and having to like take her out. Like, cause yeah. we didn't ever really take her on walks. We had a big backyard that was fenced in. So we'd like take her out in the backyard yeah. and run around with her back there. But like from my parents' back door there were steps down so like by the end we'd have to like carry her down to the yard and carry her um, okay we're not going to talk about getting into specifics our my dog your dog and i just to touch on one other thing currently my dog right now is only seven but he's starting to have some hip issues i think so we just bought like stairs so he could get up on the couch he of course hates them yeah and tried to like jump over them off onto the floor which is obviously not the best ideal, way yeah. it's not helping at it's making it worse possibly so um yeah this this book really hit me hard <laughs> yeah i um i adopted an adult dog that was always my intention i did not want to deal with a puppy so albie is five and i'm just now realizing oh he's also older mm-hmm. <laughs> like Right. I did not think like I did not think that Starting through like further the down end. like the spectrum. So um the trainer was like, you know, uh pit bulls often have, you know, hip issues sometimes, so you know, take the elevators as often as you can and not the stairs. But he like freaks out around the, the one elevator. Yeah. Um so I'm I'm always like but no, nothing can happen right. to you. So we're taking you need to get yeah, over it. You have because to we're deal taking with the it. elevator. Exactly. Um, because yes, no, he's going to live forever. Yes. Um, all dogs live forever. Yes, definitely. A hundred percent. Clearly we <laughs> learned the lesson from this book yes. and internalized it well. Yes. So I guess as usual, main great idea, maturity, mm-hmm. there are a couple of different ways that it comes up. Um, obviously 
dealing with the loss of a dog and dealing with, especially one thing that we sort of mentioned, but David Michael, Christy's younger brother, who I think is seven or eight at this point, Louis is like his best friend. I think Christy says that multiple times. So Christy has to sort of deal with David Michael and his reaction to Louis being sick. And like Louis doesn't really get it because at one point, like Charlie and Christy and, and David Michael take Louis to the vet. And that's when he gets sort of diagnosed with arthritis and, you know, oncoming blindness. And, and the vet is basically like, it's not, it's not going to get any better. Right. But, you know, she, you she gives to some medicine, you, yeah. right? Some stuff like that. Like, you don't have to make any decisions now, which, side note, like, why was no adult with them? I know yeah. Charlie's like 16, but. But also, like... And what kind of vet is, like, giving that information to a 16-year-old right, child? exactly. But the thing that I thought was sort of an interesting thing to have in this book was David Michael was like, oh, well, he's fine. He went to the vet. He, yeah. We got we got some pills. He's good. And so Christy is sort of, like, has some references to, like, not really knowing how to deal with that and, like, if, if there's anything she should say or do. And right. Because, obviously... Louis is not getting any better. And David Michael does realize that eventually. But he initially is sort of – because I think at one point he even says, like, but he went to the vet and he got medicine. Exactly. Like, it, I thought he was going to be fine. And so then there's, like – such a sweet, simplistic, yeah. childlike way of viewing things. You go to the doc, – you get sick. You go to the doctor. The doctor gives you a shot. You right. get better. Exactly. That's that's how the world works. And um, I, I think it's um, – just reflecting on it now, I think it's fascinating that they chose to do this – with Louis now, mm-hmm. knowing where we're going with Mimi in the future. Right. But this is post-stroke. So I can't help but wonder if how much of this was done as a, here, let's introduce death, death as a concept. Right. With an, with animal, an animal. First, knowing that we're eventually going to get to death as, as a mm-hmm. human being. That's a pretty normal progression, I think, for, yeah. for kids. Um, like I said, we didn't have dogs, but we definitely had I had a gerbil, and we had right. fish, and uh, no other pets that that died. Clearly, not the same level of trauma, but still something that, as a child, you had to wrap the concept, around recognize, death. and acknowledge, and sort of figure out what that actually meant to you, and make that sort of jump to, well, if my pet can die, then everything dies. Like, my yeah. mom and dad are going to die someday. You know, like existential thoughts and yeah. <laughs> concerns. But I'm just, I'm like. Just now picturing Michael from The Good Place, like, fully, like, grasping the concept of <laughs> yeah. uh, of mortality and just absolutely losing yeah. his damn mind. Going off the edge. Um, he didn't have he didn't have an animal friend to learn as a child. Exactly. Like, he got thrown into the deep end with, you are going to die. <laughs> right. Um, baby steps, Michael. Yes. Baby steps. Don't start with yourself personally. It's not a good place to start. So, the, the big thing that struck me, and I, and I shared with this with Kate as we were talking about this this weekend, is... Um, early on in the book, when we're going through the standard introductions and, you know, Christy's saying, here's who's who at the zoo. Here's how we describe them. Stacy's sophisticated. Claudia's artistic. And exotic. And exotic. Yeah, they oh, use that adjective mm, again. That's that's uncomfortable. I, that, I, I, I highlight that every time. Yeah. Especially in light of the whole kerfuffle at the writers, uh, Romance Writers of America. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm much more, um, I'm trying to be much more proactive mm-hmm. about examining the things that I'm writing, reading and right. trying to be more um, inclusive in my own choices, mm-hmm. um, which, by the way, there's some incredible stuff out there. I, I've i just been getting really into Jasmine Guillory mm-hmm. and I'm getting Kate into yes. her as well. So if you have not checked her out, I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. I um, think that's it. I think that's, but um, the um, Wedding Date is the first mm-hmm. one. Super, super fun books. So Love good. Her. Um but in any case, when um, Christy is introducing Marianne, she notes, I think Marianne is growing up a little bit faster than me. And she's referring to the fact that Marianne now has a boyfriend, the fact that Marianne is now starting to care more about clothes mm-hmm. and, and talk to that about Claudia and Stacy. And then over the course of this book, both with Louis and with moving to a new neighborhood and having a wrong first impression, being willing to change that impression... Mm-hmm. Um, reach out and make friends with people who aren't more like you. I'd argue that that's far more mature than having a teeny bopper crush right. on a boy. But, but when you're that age, that is so, so fascinating. Not what you, like, 
think of exactly. like from a, yeah from an outside perspective it, or like if you talk to the in universe like their parents be like well obviously you know Christy's doing xyz if they knew what all these things were which I think that the parents in these books sort of have a good sense of what the kids are doing but like I it think it does seem a little permissive and sometimes yes. like the fact that the kids are taking the vet like right. dog to the vet I, I there's a weird dichotomy between keeping them kids and then making them grown up so you can see how like we said, modeling that right. behavior. That so you, you and see. so you can see them in those this again, scenarios in yeah. that situation or in that circumstance when like the kids reading these books likely wouldn't actually be the one in the vet discussing medical issues of their dog. Exactly. But knowing that that's probably what their parent is doing when they take their family dog to the vet, it at least gives them a perspective of like understanding and like you said, the modeling behavior that you sort of can learn how to react and what to expect, even if you're not necessarily going to be in the exact same situation that Christy is in in this book, for example. Exactly. I just find it fascinating. And and you know what? This has actually come up a couple of times with um, comments that we've gotten, um, emails, and um, uh, there was an email from another reader who I'm sorry, I cannot remember her name at the moment, but pointed out that... um, that bossy doesn't have to be a bad thing, that mm-hmm. bossy can be a, a good thing and taking that back. And I started thinking a lot about how um, the words, the, the connotations that we have, um, babyish versus mature, mm-hmm. bossy versus leader, um, really are so much our own baggage. That's true, yeah. Um, and like for me, a, a, lo- a lot of the bossy heartburn comes from my own experience where I was like, well, why is it bad that I want to be in charge? It was used as a pejorative mm-hmm. toward me. Um, or it felt right. Um, negative when it was used about me in the past, but right. I it was, may have just been a shorthand for everyone knows what bossy means, but because it came across, like they were saying, Oh, Lauren's bossy. And that's a bad thing to be. You internalized as, well, I don't want to be bossy or I shouldn't be bossy. Not necessarily I don't want to be bossy, but there's some I'm doing something wrong right. by taking charge in this way, by exactly. by wanting to be in control. Um and did I at times take it far? Absolutely. Um but I I'd love to learn more about because you know, bossy does seem we it feels very gendered. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't really know what they called boys who were like that. I, I did they just call them leaders, but I but I feel like it was the the behavior that I was being dinged for was more than just like taking control. It was right. me being overly a control freak and like telling people what to do and being generally like kind of rude about it. Right. I was a little bit of an asshole. Um, <laughs> right. Still but they probably be. didn't say they probably didn't call but boys little assholes, assholes. either. It, yeah, but like, but I, yeah, I don't know what the word would have been. Or if is that just not how boys or play? They, did they even mention it? Like was it yeah. just something that wasn't? I just don't have experience yeah. with that. Like I, I don't know, but but that along with what um, it just kept in mind to me, like that Christie's concept of babyish is very different than mm-hmm. what our concept of babyish is now as grown right. adults. Whereas at the time, like you said, yeah, maturity absolutely meant right. boys and clothes, not big life stuff. Right. Actual maturity. Yeah. Well, and I think there's, I can't remember, I took a note somewhere, but at some point in this book, one of the like little kids, I think it might've been Claire or Margot, doesn't want to be a baby. Yes. Or it might've been the Perkinses. And I think it was Myra or Mariah, another name that Myra, I remember. Mariah, yeah. Um, I think, I think it was Mariah saying that she didn't want to be a baby and she's like six or seven. So it's like, yeah. it's funny that there's, it's not just the babysitters club girls that are saying, I don't want to be babyish. It's like, no kid wants to be, I think it's more that no kid wants to be seen as younger than they are. Agreed. And it's really funny. I remember vividly, you know, want at being like 14, like trying to pass this like 16 right. <laughs> and, um, and wanting to be older and everyone being like, oh, you'll eventually get to an age when you don't want to be thought of as older. And like when exactly that flip happened, right. I'd say like 21. Once you hit 21. Yeah. I don't. Maybe 25. But even still, it's not like yeah. I, I have way less heartburn about aging now than I right. did at then at 25. Yeah. Like I'm about to turn 35 and I'm loving it because as opposed to the full on meltdown that I had on my 25th birthday party. <laughs> yes. It was not a cute look, guys. Um, I mean, it happens. It's all good. Um, to be fair, that was equal parts existential drama and alcohol. <laughs> so, <I> mean, <laughs> to alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. Exactly. Um, 
Yeah, it, it is interesting. I It's sort of funny. Like, I keep thinking about things. There's because there's like that, you know, meme that keeps going around the Internet. That's like there was a time when it was the last time you went outside to play with your friends. Yes. And you didn't know. So it, it's sort of I keep having all these thoughts like the trivia that Lauren and I have been going to since before Lauren mm-hmm. moved that my husband has been going to before he even met me for like several years before that's that. That's where I first met when Kate was first started dating Jeff was like, I want you to meet this guy. Come to trivia. Exactly. But so that has now ended. But it ended it went out with, with a whimper. We won, I think the last month that it occurred was October. That And we, our team And I won. wasn't even there. And I you weren't it. even there. And so in, it just sort of like kept getting canceled at the last minute. And then now it, you know, postponed indefinitely. And we had, our friend Katie was there at the bar where they had this trivia over the weekend. And I was like, oh, while you're there, ask them what's going on. And she was told it's not happening anymore. And so it's like another one of those things where it's like, Oh, well, that was the last trivia, but like, we didn't know. And so you don't even think about it. And so it's the sort of the same thing with the aging thing is like, I'm sure there was a time when I was like, so concerned, like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm going to be X age. And now I'm just like, okay, I'm I'm going to have another birthday next year. Like, I'm good. I, it's also interesting. And this is sort of getting even more off topic, but like, when I never, I know, right? (laughs) Like when I was younger, and I think this is true of a lot of people, probably more particularly women, you cared so much about what other people thought of you, what mm-hmm. you looked like, what your clothes were, what your makeup was, what your hair was. And now it's like, I'm, I like, I'm good with where I am. Yeah. I, I'm comfortable in myself. I am comfortable. I, I like, I want people to like me. Obviously, yes. like, I'm not going to, I'm not an asshole. I like, I like being nice to people. I like when people are nice to me, but like, if someone doesn't like me because of whatever reason, like, okay, I'm still going to be civil to them. I'm not going to treat them like shit, even if they're treating me like shit. But like, I just, I'm not going to worry about it. It's amazing how that really changes. And it like, we are not talking about anything revolutionary. I think right. every Jennifer Aniston <laughs> article since the Brad Pitt split up has ta- has her been talking about, I love being in my 40s because it's, right. uh, you know, it's, it's embraced like every woman of a certain age gives that, uh, that um, interview at some right. point in their life. And it's really true, but it's because it's true. It's a, not maybe not universal, but it's it's definitely something that a lot of people even probably go through. I'm Obviously, sure. I I can't speak to anyone's experience except my own, but like I think that it's sort of a a thing that a lot of people feel at some point in their life. And Hopefully, I wonder I how think. much of that is like maturing and changing and growing, and how much of it is sort of um we solidify into who we are mm-hmm. at a certain point. That's a, Yeah, that's a like, good point. I, I remember being at, at the girl's age and trying on new identities constantly. And right. I know we've talked about that briefly in some of these books. I'm sure it's going to come up. I know right. for a fact that it's going to come up again. Um, we were talking about the California adventure, thinking of Mallory, <laughs> like right. dyeing her hair. And like um, a lot of my youth was trying on different personas. Mm-hmm. What fit? What didn't? What what worked. Um, uh, Kate and I were both um, emo, punk, rocky <laughs> girls back in the day. Oh, yeah. Um, and all that implied and, you know, going to rock shows and in the mosh pit. And, yeah. like, seriously, if 17-year-old me could see me now, she would <laughs> be horrified. Um, but I don't feel like I've changed that right. much. Um, so I wonder how much of it is is no longer trying on those different personalities and how much of it is just, like, this is it. This right. is who I am. Like, I've, I've figured it out. I don't want to try anything else out. I like where I've gotten to. I've yeah. grown enough into my skin. and it, Or it, it's like this is just sort of the way. Right. Not, I mean, obviously not. Like, <laughs> it is what it is. Yes. <laughs> I am who I am. Yeah. I, you know, I've always been a lot. Like, I've always been one of those people. You either love me or you or I am not your thing. And that I've always known that. Right. Which I feel gave me a slight advantage because in terms of, like, feeling like, Telling the world go fuck yourself because right. uh, I, I'm I'm aware <laughs> this is not new information to right. me. Even as a child, I was like, yeah, I get it. I'm an acquired taste, not right. not an acquired taste, but you're either on my wavelength, right, or it's obnoxious. Like I even joke, it is what it is. What it is. It is like what it is. Yeah, I even joke in class all the time. Like um, when I I you know teach leadership and development, so one of our big things is about how you can choose positivity. Mm-hmm. You, you can make that choice every day. You can, you can. Can't control anything else, but you can control yourself. That, that sounds way oversimplified and hippy dippy, but it there's possibility. Yeah. But everybody's always. I, I watch people look at me in class, like, okay, 
lady. Right. Like, um, and I always tell people, it's got to be positive for what that looks like for you. Right. Like, your version of it. I was like, I don't want you. I'm not saying you all have to come in and be at my level. Like, are you kidding? I would hate to work with a bunch of people right. who are all at my level. That would be exhausting. Um, that's why I, Kate and I talk about this relatively often about how best friends are often balances. And mm-hmm. we definitely balance each other. Right. Um, and I, I just think that um, the maturity that they are overlooking in this case mm-hmm. is finding that about Christy being like, no, this is who I am. Right. Like she's, um, I, I think it's really fascinating how, cause she starts off very much like this is how I am. Take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. Y'all are snobs. I'm not going to fit in with you. And finding that she doesn't have to change anything to find that common ground with Shannon. Right. Um, she just has to open herself up to the option or the possibility of talking to her. Cause, and I think it's also sort of reciprocal from Shannon because 100%. They, they both – and we haven't really touched on Shannon that much, but you know, Shannon is Christy's neighbor across the street. She goes to Stony Brook Academy, Stony Brook Day School. No, that's the elementary school. There are two. So they do mention as we get there that you know we talked in the previous one about how uh, – in a previous episode about how um, – Christy's mom and um, Watson are paying special so that they can stay at the public school. Yeah. Also, apparently paying for an extra bus to just, like, drive across town to get them. Yeah. Because at the very beginning of this book, when Christy, like, sees Shannon, or at least the first time we, as a reader, see Shannon, she's waiting for her bus. So David Michael gets a bus. Then Christy is waiting for her bus to come, which is why she's all alone when Shannon and the rest of the snob group are like mocking her from across the street. And I was like, what school system has what? an extra bus? And especially Stony Brook is big enough that there are multiple elementary schools and multiple middle schools and you go to the school that's closest to you. Yeah. I why is there a bus that's coming just to get Christy? There is no other child on that side of town that goes to her middle school. That's true. I was I just like, that's why, why I didn't even think about why that. Why is this happening? Um the, the things we do not think about as kids, the practicalities that come with right. being a grown-up, that's really funny. Yeah. Did not I cross my mind. Ne- I love I that. I would not have ever thought of that as a child. But it, now I was like, well, and also like, what private school has buses? I know that when I was in middle school, there were kids that got a bus picked up from our from our middle school. All like So all the kids came to our middle school to get a bus to a private school that was maybe like 15 minutes away. Mm-hmm. But that was one bus coming to one central location as opposed to like a regular, I guess in Cincinnati with their works, there were so many, so many, so many kids. So there, and there, but it was, um, even with the private schools, if you lived out of district, you had to bus into, um, like a meetup place. Okay. So like I'm thinking grade school, um, there were a whole bunch of buses that all met at like this Kroger parking lot, oh, and we like okay. and so you like get on your bus and then get on the and right then bus. switched and and it was okay. with so we got picked up with the public school kids. Oh, and, and then, then we they all met, took you to there, and then you everybody distributed switched. from there. Yeah, okay. So it was a, it was a really smart system. Yeah, um, but then there were definitely people who lived outside of that even that expanded busing area that would then drive to the Kroger and then pick and up. And so bus there was like there. A, always a line of like parents with their kids there that picked up their bus to like so it was essentially got them like halfway right. Um, and then the same with, with busing home. Okay. Um, high school, I don't remember as well because my memories of high school are like getting rides with people right. because you wanted, to, but I definitely, <laughs> no one wanted to ride the bus in high school. My freshman year, I definitely rode the bus and it was very, it was, I think the Similar, exact same, yeah. I, I think the exact same lot with all the kids. <laughs> of course. Um, just at a different time. Just at a different time. Yeah. 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 Um, but that's. But yeah, that's a really yeah, good point. Yeah, the bus point. thing was, I reading this, I was just like, what? Why is she waiting for a bus? But but all of Christie's neighbors, she makes a, a strong point to say every single one of them goes to private school. Yes, they all go to private school. They all have either, no, they all, not either, because she, she lays it out as like an ABC, all of the above list. It was like, they all have a pool, they all have tennis courts, plural, yes. they all have a cook named like Agnes. Agnes. I was going to say Agnes. Or all of the above. And... All of them are all of the above. She is none of the above, but Watson is thinking about putting in a pool now that Karen and Andrew are older. Right? Tennis so, courts. Tennis plural. courts. Plural. So my view of pools is now really skewed because pool as a kid in the backyard meant you were fabulously wealthy mm-hmm. here in Ohio. And then I moved to Vegas where everybody has everybody a pool. Everybody has a pool. Um, 
so that to me is now just like no, it's yeah, just it's, just it's normal. It is what it is <laughs> because it was 120 degrees right. and like you had to have a pool, yeah. to be able to be outside at all. And there and there was no like grass. You didn't have a backyard, yeah. like so you put in a patio and a pool, right? Um, it, same with um, every neighborhood in Vegas had uh, has um, gates mm-hmm. uh, and a, like a passcode, and that was only like ooh, that was. The, right. the rich neighborhood in, in Ohio. So it's funny how those things right. Perspective. feel totally different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like Connecticut, you only have a pool if you're, like, have an estate. Right. Yeah, because um, you, you, people do have yards and lawns. And so if you also have a pool and a tennis court or courts and a cook... You're clearly very wealthy. Well, the, cook, I, the cook is what the tennis courts. I love that you yeah. fixated on the tennis courts. I fixated on the cook. I was like a cook, a cook. Well, I think at, at some point, I think it's the Delaney's have a like part time cook. cook. Yeah, I mean, it, I feel like it, calling it a cook is maybe, and even I, I don't know why I'm trying to justify this, but like I feel like a housekeeper is probably a better thing to call this person that works in their house. Yeah, but still. I, we if, didn't have a housekeeper you, that came to our house every day. Or I mean, that made food. Right. Um, yeah, we had a lady who would come once a month um, to, like, do a deep cleaning. Right. But my mom would make us clean the house ahead of time because she didn't want her to think that we were heathens. Right. So basically, we cleaned the house, and then we paid a woman to come in and be like, it looks good. It looks good. <laughs> no. Do it like a once-over. Um, and even that felt incredibly privileged to mm-hmm. me. Even as a kid, I yeah. was like, this is like... Uh, I was like, well, how do I get that back now? Wait, <laughs> can we um, can we have somebody come in and clean my apartment? Sign that. Sign myself up for that. Um, yeah. but, and but I don't have four kids that are like no. trashing the place. It's just me trashing the place. So it's really your own. It's your own fault. Yeah, your, your mom needed it for her sanity, and I'm, you I'm need just lazy to take it. You know, responsibility for yourself as an adult. It was really funny. I because I actually I'm joking, but I am a really pretty clean person actually, and um organized and, and such and in fact that's how I knew I was feeling better because I like got up and out of bed and I looked around and I was like ugh what is happening here <laughs> this is and, not like, acceptable cleaned my apartment um it's like the first sign that oh I'm, I'm okay. human again now that I can notice all of this and feel the need to like actually take action I was like it looks like it snowed because there's just like <laughs> tissue yeah everywhere oh the joys of being sick oh it was miserable it was so sick as I've been in a long oh. time. And it lasted like a full two weeks. It Welcome back to Ohio. Yep. Yep. Pretty much. Yeah. But anyway, back to the book. Yes. So Shannon and Christy automatically don't like each other. Probably mostly because I guess it's sort of twofold. Although the, the babysitting aspect doesn't really come into it until this book. Because she doesn't really start babysitting in the neighborhood until this book. But Christy, at the very beginning of this book, makes it very clear that she has made no attempt to get to know oh, anyone yeah. in her new neighborhood. They've been there for a couple of months at this point, she's not done anything to try to make new friends, which I understand. I would, I am a very introverted person. I don't, I, I'm, I'm, I'm an extroverted introvert, but like, I'm good when I know people right, or, yeah. but like, I hate, 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 hate meeting, meeting new people, trying to take the first step. So like, which is, I guess, sort of interesting because it's Christy. I was going to say, I, I would argue in this case that it's less a you issue of like being right. a- afraid to go meet new people and more, more she of a, feels like they are different she and she doesn't made, want to be their friend. She has made a decision that she is, that they are snobs and she is better than that, which yes. arguably makes her the bigger snob. Right. In fact, in the first meeting with Shannon, they seem to be like kind of reaching out, like maybe a little bit judgy, right. but like sizing her up a bit. Right. More just like who, cause they, she, since she has not ever interacted with them, they're sort of like, Oh, who are you? Not, not that they say that explicitly, but like, they're just sort of trying to get a sense of who she is. And I'm sure that Christie's body language and reaction to them walking to their bus stop was not welcoming in any way, shape or form. So the reaction will, would be yeah. standoffish from their side as and well. She's the one to start calling names first. Right. Like she snarts with, okay, snobs. And then they're like, okay, jerk, which accurate. Right. Like some rando girl that you've never met. <laughs> right. Shows up in your neighborhood and is like, y'all are a bunch of snobs. Um, yeah, I don't like, know what that voice was, but... <laughs> I, I don't know either. Um, but of course my reaction would be like, you jerk. Right. Also, you live here now too. Yeah. Like, even if it is your stepdad. Check your privilege. Right. Which, 
okay, she's 12. Like, I know. Like, we keep doing this. Like, every book, yes. feel, and even in multiple conversations, like, we go back and forth, like, what the hell's wrong with you? But then also it's like, okay, you're a child. <laughs> These but that's were, part of the reason yes. why we're doing this is, like, viewing it from our perspective. Exactly. As opposed to how – because, like, I'm sure if I could remember reading this particular book, I would probably have thought – I would have, because Christy's the protagonist of this book, mm-hmm. I would have 100% been on her side and been like, yeah, those girls are snobs because they're, you know, living in their big mansions and they don't understand Louis, you know, like yeah. making oh. judgments about the dog just because he's not a purebred that costs hundreds of dollars Except or thousands of dollars. They repeatedly say that he's a border collie. Which are not, like, cheap dogs either, so... Yeah, but, like, I say Indiana's an American foxhound, but, like, That's he's fair. not... Uh, like, we did one of those DNA tests, and oh, it's, did like, you? 90% American foxhound, 10% that, other hound. We don't know. But, I mean, he was definitely a rescue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, I just say he's an American foxhound, so, like, it could be... I, I do the same with Albie. He, I, right. I just call him a pit, and Yeah, he's, and who knows? Who knows? I mean, he's mostly pit, but... yeah. I, as much as people, um, like the human DNA tests where it's like, yeah, they just sort of like make up the rest of it. Yep. Like when we got the DNA test results back for Indiana, they were like, this is your dog. And it was basically uh, like you hold up the picture and it was like, like yes, yep, that is that our is dog. A hundred percent. Like Google American foxhounds. And that's basically what Indiana looks like. That's so funny. I'd never heard of an American foxhound before. When we got the DNA test back, we were like, what the hell is that? Apparently, George Washington created the breed. Oh, so, interesting. You know. That always, anytime I hear about a new dog breed, I always think of Catahoula Leopard Dog yeah. from Veronica Mars. And I realize in this one, so the puppy that, they, that Shannon gives them is a mm-hmm. Burmese Mountain Dog. And that's where I heard of and felt, I did not remember... The whole Louie thing. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I read Burmese Mountain Dog, I was like, that's where I learned right. about them. Because I've been obsessed with those dogs since I was a kid. I yeah. think they're the cutest. They're so cute. I love them. Um, I just, not appropriate for my lifestyle. That needs, that like. It's a, a big dog with a lot of walking responsibilities. <laughs> and I live in an apartment and yes. work a lot. So. Yeah. Um, it, an older dog was the best I could do. A, a Burmese Mountain Dog puppy would be. I you would have lost your mind. <laughs> oh, I shudder to think. Um, but I, uh, circling back to what we were talking about, because that's uh, yes. off topic again. Crazy um, but true. I've shared before that, you know, I had a chip on my shoulder about money as well. Mm-hmm. And I w- objectively am and was very privileged. Um, so I, again, over-identify with Christy at this point. <laughs> but I can, I probably would have been very much the same way. Mm-hmm. In fact, I was just slightly older when I got to my very wealthy high school and had a very like, right. Oh, so you've all got money. I'm different than you Um, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and that's not fair. That didn't, you know, um, mean I was any, they were any less hardworking or smart Mm -hmm. or cared any differently. And, um, later on in the book, um, when she's talking about, um, What's the the good kids that she actually likes in the neighborhood? Why can't I think of the last the name? The Papadakises. No, no, no. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, the Papadakises were the, the jackasses. No, the Delaney's are the jackasses. Oh, you're <laughs> the right. The Papadakises are, are the nice ones. Are the ones that are friends with um, David Michael and Karen. Yes. Okay. Um, that's right. I had that backwards. I was thinking Stacey. <laughs> I was like, uh, it is the Papadakises? What are you, why are you giving what? me that look? Because <laughs> I got very confused. Um, back on track. I'm looking at the word Papadakis in our do- in our document, and it just like threw me. Got it. Um, so anyway, the Delaney or the Papadakises, the nice ones. Um, Claudia, not Claudia. Chris, wow, I'm a mess. Um, Christy even goes out of her way to say, "Oh, it was like you wouldn't have known that they had money. Mm-hmm. They had just as much anyone, just as much money as anyone else around here, but you wouldn't know it except for the mansion. They're very down to earth, and like that's still a bias that." I think a lot of us carry that, like... Yeah. Well, and when she babysits for the Delaney's for the first time, she describes their house as ostentatious. Yes. Which, I mean, it is. There's a fountain in their fucking entryway. Right. But still, like, she clearly... And I think part of the reason why she reacts so poorly to the Delaney's is beco- before she even goes to babysit them, she runs into... Um, what is her name? Amanda, I think, is walking with Shannon while Shannon's babysitting her, and... Christy already doesn't like Shannon. She and Shannon have had some interactions already. So she already dislikes Shannon. And then this little girl is carrying her $400 
Persian cat and tells Christy that she costs four hundred dollars multiple times. Multiple times. But so I think she already had an opinion. Notwithstanding that she has an opinion about everyone in this neighborhood, she already had a specific opinion about this child Mm -hmm. and this family as a result and was immediately put off and was like, I'm still, I'm going to do a good job babysitting because that's what I do. But like, I don't like these kids before I even really interact with them. And confirmation bias is so real. This Mm -hmm. is the more, it's one of the biggest things that I train. It's one of the biggest things that I, I talk about in class because it's, I think the more people realize it, the better off we will all be, is that we don't care about um, facts. We don't care about any human beings in general. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm, there's not a left wing, right wing right. thing. It is um, human beings like to be right. And so our brains are actively trying to prove us right at right. all times, exactly. which is so dangerous when we, as as much as we try to be open-minded as I, you know, as much as I literally teach this for a living, mm-hmm. still find myself doing it all the time because that's how we're hardwired. Right. It feels good. We want to be right at all times. That's what our brain is, is, is looking to do. So that's what Chrissy walks in with an agenda. She mm-hmm. is going to be right. And then sure enough, the kids prove her right. Um, so <laughs> yeah, we mentioned that um, she uh, needs to point out how much the cat was. She points out how much everything in the house right. cost. The, the, Mul- fountain the fountain was $2,000. Um, oh, something was $4,000. Yeah. Oh, um, we were talking about whether or not things have been updated. And unfortunately, um, the hard copy that we have is also the updated version. Yes. So um, although we don't know that there's much. However, I would be curious... To know, um, in in the new version, did they change anything about the white room, the most 80s room <laughs> yes. of all time? With the cat that matches and looks yes. like it was placed there for by, like, a photographer. Uh, she talks about there's white shag carpet, white leather couches, white leather The couches. TV is white lacquer painted. Yeah. The, like, um, I don't know if, do you, if you don't ever watch the Goldbergs. No. Um. It's really entertaining. I I enjoy it a lot. Um, But they have, like, the fancy living room that nobody's actually allowed to go in. And, like, we had that, too. Like, don't go on that couch. That's for show. Um, That's very much what that reminded me of. Like, that's the room (laughs) that you don't go into. Right. Um, But to the, like, nth degree. It just made me sad, though, reading it now as a grown-up because I couldn't help but think about how... um, those kids are getting that from somewhere. Right. Like they're not pulling those numbers out of nowhere. Right. How would they know how much their cat costs? It, it, and not, and it's not just knowing how much one thing costs. It's not, they know how much everything costs. That means those parents, oh boy, can right. you talk, think about nightmares. Well, and like, I'm sure that they're not saying it to their kids. Cause like, right. th- who would tell their kid, oh, your cat costs $400. It's like, they're overhearing their parents say that to other people. But it's like. If your friends are the other people in this neighborhood, like, why would you feel the need to be like, oh, you from your mansion down the street, look at this fountain that we have that's $2,000. Like, I don't know. I feel like that's probably a thing that people do, trying to one-up each other. Yeah, I guess. Or um, do the the universal woman thing where when somebody compliments um, an article of clothing or accessory that you're wearing, thinks I got it on sale. Yeah. <laughs> like, I got a great deal on this. Well, we don't know. Maybe, maybe these parents are like, I got a great deal on this. Koi fountain. Right. It's only $2,000. $2, um, <laughs> installed. Right. My but the kids are thinking yeah. like, ooh, $2,000. That's crazy. I, I doubt. it is crazy. <laughs> yes. And I doubt that, that that's the case, but it could be. Yeah. Again. But, right. They're, they're not... They're not researching it themselves to find out so they can tell other people. They're they're mirroring their parents for sure. And I'm going to go with it's probably not great based on their um, entitled ass hattery, if yes. you will. Demanding that Christy get them a Coke and then being angry that there's no ice and then being angry that there is ice. So <sighs> we did have some discussion too. Um, these brats, Christy doesn't really know how to handle it at first and she decides to just do whatever they say mm-hmm. because she doesn't want... she wants to be a good babysitter and she thinks that's what being, being a, a good, good babysitter, babysitter is. is. And that's a real sign of, of the way that they need do need to learn to mature. Mm-hmm. That that's a, a, a place that she's... She gets schooled a little bit by Stacy. Stacy's like, no, you can't let them run all over you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it's funny, I was telling Kate, I was like, if I had a babysitter that told my mom they were brats, I put them to bed, my mom would cheer. Right. Not be like... 
Exactly. Not like, I can't believe you did that. Not if I went to my mom and I was like, they were so mean. They made me go to bed on time. She'd be like, tough. That's what you were supposed supposed to to do. do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm speaking of babysitting and and me. I'm getting more stories about me as a babysitter um, (laughs) from neighbors who have have heard uh, the podcast and apparently I made some dubious decisions. And I was like, that tracks. Like, I believe it. I, I 100% yeah. believe that I thought I was much older than I actually was and felt right. capable of... I'm in charge. I'm responsible. Well, to be fair, I was reading a book in which a child took a dog to the vet, so... That's fair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you got it from somewhere. Yes. No, I was very precocious and thought I was, you know, 35 when Of I course. Was, of course. When I was 10. You know. Um, nine, really. Um... Yeah, but Stacy's reaction to yes. the kids doing the same sort of thing when she shows up to babysit later in the book is essentially to like turn it back around on them. And so I think the first thing is like Stacy's taken up to their playroom where it's a total mess, and she's like, "Hey guys, why don't we clean this up and then we'll go?" Oh, get the a mom snack. actually does request specifically. Oh, she did. I must yeah. have missed that. But she- but so it's like we need to clean this up and then we can go do something fun. And Amanda's like, "No, we like it like this." And Stacy's like, "Okay." Then let's make it more messy. She just starts like dumping out Lincoln logs and like throwing construction paper. And Amanda and Max are like, "What? No, we stop. That's too yeah. messy." And so she's like, "Okay, well, I, I don't know. Like, what do you want me to do?" And so they start cleaning it up, and she eventually starts helping them. But she doesn't want to like at that point once it's done and clean and beautiful. She's not like going to praise them because she doesn't want them to be like, "Oh, that like realize they were tricked." Yeah. And so like anything where they're like demanding, she like they ask for I think milk or something, and she and or juice, and Max is like give me some juice. And so she starts pulling out every cup in the kitchen and they're like, what are you doing? And she's like, well, I didn't know how much juice you wanted. So I was just going to pour all these glasses. And so I, I think there was really, I guess I, I called it really, reverse psychology and I, we had talked yeah. about it. I don't know if it's necessarily reverse psychology. It sort of is, but it's not exactly. One thing that, and I realized this reading back through my notes, she sort of remind me, reminded, reminded me of Amelia Bedelia. That's exactly <laughs> what I was about to say. I was just about to be like, it was like very taking much everything a, very literally. literally. Exactly what they say. Oh my God. I loved Amelia Bedelia mm-hmm. so much as a kid. I referenced her the other day and somebody just gave me the blankest oh, look and I was, so and it was not even like a, like a young person. It was like somebody our age. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, you missed out. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really know what time period that those were popular. I don't know that they, I know I read a lot of them in fourth, no second grade. Cause I was in, I was a gifted and talented kid. Ooh, and, GMT. Wow. Yeah. Not, not to be one of those people, but like I was in this program, which I think a lot of schools have this sort of mm-hmm. gifted and talented thing. They called it enrichment. Yeah. Ours in younger grades, it was uh, pets. I don't remember what it was stand, stood for. And then in like right before middle school, it was called reach. But so I think it was second or third. It was second grade. We did a whole like project about Amelia Bedelia. So I read like all of those and talked about them extensively. So she just cracked me up as a kid. I thought it was hilarious. Um, like stamp on the mail and like she would stamp. Draw the drapes. Oh my God. I loved draw the drapes. Draw the drapes. Just, gosh, if you slept on Amelia Bedelia at some point, pick it up, pick it up, show it to your kids. Um, Show it oh. to yourself. Yeah, well, <laughs> you will enjoy it. But it's still. I think you, I haven't read them for quite some time, but I think it would still be entertaining. I, I agree because it's like ultimate dad jokes, essentially, one hundred percent, and very like punny. Yeah, um, which it, I just cracked me up. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, so I'm expecting my nephew in May, and oh. so and now Show I'm like him everything. I'm cannot wait. Um, I'm gonna have to go grab some Amelia Bedelia's to yes. to share with. So him. many things to put on the list. Um. Love it. I I promised Landon I'd watch all the um like Disney movies and musicals for not Disney movies all the like cheesy musical ones that mm-hmm. he's he he's like yeah you can watch Frozen with him over and over again right I was like sounds good I will good do call that. um but yeah Stacy really figured out how to how to once again it was a great you know little like drop in like how here's how to deal with this kind of a bratty right. kid um. I the that storyline was most notable to me in that it was the really the first time that we've had like a quote unquote bad kid, right? Like they talk about how Jackie Ridarski is a total um, walking disaster in a handful, but not he's not bad. He's not trying to do right. anything. Um, they talk about how you know Jenny Prezioso is 
prissy, but right. she's not, again, she's not a bad kid. She's just prissier than the other kids. She right. likes to... She, right. She just wants to be neat and tidy and wear her fancy clothes, but she's not actively saying, like, go get me a Coke. Yeah. yeah she's not... She's a little um, fussy, but she's not actively right. bratty. But these kids are actively little mm-hmm. assholes. Um, and... Accurate. That, to me, was always... Um, I didn't know how to deal with that because mm-hmm. I was... I was an asshole, but in different ways. <laughs> I was an eager-to-please asshole. Right. Like, I liked authority figures. I wanted to do good. Grades were important to me. I, I wanted to be well thought of by teachers. Mm-hmm. I liked, you know, I was a suck-up. Um, and uh, so the idea that people didn't care about those things was just an anathema to me. Right. Uh, so I, as a kid, would have just been like... Right. What that's is allowed happening right now. Your yeah. people act like that. That your mom didn't um, wash your mouth out with soap if you talk like that. Um, yeah, or threatened to rather. But <laughs> right. Um, it 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 just felt so like I was like you can get away with that because apparently some kids can. Some, some kids can. <laughs> I certainly was not one of no, them. No, I was also of the same ilk. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I mean, I was sassy, but not in... I wasn't even sassy. Not I was this, sarcastic like, under my breath. I no. didn't actually say anything to anyone. Fair. No. I, um, it was never what I said. It was how I said it. Mm. I must have heard that about a million yeah, times Yeah, I in guess I did get that from... T- I, it was probably once I was, like, a little bit older. Oh, yeah. That's true. I, I'm thinking more of, like, my actual teenage years. Yeah. As a kid, I was... I think I was pretty... Yeah. Um, good. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not terribly... I'm sure my mother is again getting <laughs> like, involved. What are you talking about? You are you are so, so wrong. full of it. Um, uh, okay. Any other sort of thoughts, one-off topics um, as we try to wrap up and not forget to do our prediction? Right. Uh, timeline wonkiness. Um, they so they've really um, just have sort of approached this as time no longer exists. Like yeah, they have given no mention like time period. They even say last summer which was really like two books (laughs) ago. A a week or two ago. (laughs) Um, So they have just sort of fallen into this. We're not going to mention anything about a season, about weather. Unless there's a specific event, which which will start happening. But like, I I guess it's it's only when there's a book where there's a specific event. Like like in my my favorite has a Halloween dance. Yes, And I know because as I I will have to post a picture, I've set up our little pod basement area, which I have – Included a bookshelf with all of my Babysitter's Club books, which I'm missing, like, seven regular ones and, like, a mystery, a few mysteries and, like, one super special. Um, I There is a book called, like, Claudia's Thanksgiving. Oh, so, so I know there's a Thanksgiving, but it's, like, in the 80s or something. Like, as so, I was going through my list of, like, okay, what do I still need to get to finish my collection? It's like, oh, there's a book about Thanksgiving, but it's, like probably in the 80s so it's sort of like okay there's a halloween dance i know in 38 there's a thanksgiving book later like there's obviously going to be christmases at some point and compared to earlier in the series when thanksgiving and halloween happened like right it all in one book no that was it was halloween and then the next book was thanksgiving and christmas and new year's exactly so um now we've just moved into um right it's like TV time. In where between, it's, like it's in, just happening. Yeah. yeah, it is like TV time. It's like, okay, it's if it's not like a specific holiday, it's just like, it's summer, it's fall. It's, it's not quite winter yet. Yeah. Like, it is what it is. That's like the phrase of this podcast or this episode. Yeah. For sure. Um, there wasn't really much in the way of like fashion. There's, you know, a, a generic Christie outfit, a turtleneck sweater, jeans and sneakers. Yeah. Um, you know, the girls wearing their uniforms for school. Um, the only real like fun description, uh, Mariah and Gabby, um, they Jamie Newton was over to play, and I think Marianne was babysitting. Yeah, Marianne was babysitting. Jamie Newton came over to play. They were all excited because their mom's pregnant with a little sister, and Jamie sort of like, like, oh, babies are kind of the worst. You don't know, you don't know, guys. Exactly. You think think you're excited. You you need to be prepared for what's coming. Um, And so they get a little bit upset, especially Gabby. And so Marianne decides to have a tea party, and they, Mariah and Gabby, are like, okay, we got to get decked out for this tea party. So. Um, they go upstairs to get changed while Marianne gets the tea party set up. 
Uh, we're not really ready yet, Mariah called back. Marianne ran upstairs to see what was going on. In Gabby's room, she found Mariah wearing a pink party dress with white tights and shiny Mary Jane shoes. But Gabby had had a different idea about getting dressed up. She was wearing one of her mother's slips, a necktie belonging to her father, a feather boa, a straw hat, sunglasses, and snow boots. And it was Devine. Yes. Devine. <laughs> so cute. Oh, it's adorable. Um... Yeah, that was a really cute little interlude, that Mm -hmm. whole little, again. Another chapter that sort of could be placed in probably any book. Yeah. Um, One of the things that we talked about pointing out that we haven't really focused on too much is Claudia's um, snack stash. Yeah, there wasn't really much in this one either. Gummy bears and M&Ms. In her her pillows. In her pillowcase. Yep. Um, That... to me, I'm noticing as we go through is far less exciting than I remember it being. I know. I thought it was going to be... And, like, there obviously... This book was very, very light. Like, sometimes there's, like, ten different things. Yeah. Usually it's, like, a list of, like, four things at the same meeting that are all pulled out of the same place. So yeah. I remember it being, like, she had so many different hiding places. Me too. She had so many different kinds of snacks. And it's, like... I was envisioning, eh. like, hollowed-out books and, like... She does have a hollowed-out book. Yes. We did get that a couple books ago. I do remember that because I love that. But, like, I thought there were, like, multiple, multiple hollowed-out books. I thought there books. was, like, hiding in the baseboards, on, yeah. like, underneath the... Yeah, like, it's more just, I was, like, I was picturing oh, it's in Lane's her pencil case. In, in, um, oh, yeah, in her pencil case. I was picturing oh, yeah, Lane's like room in from Gilmore Girls. Girls. Yeah. Where it's, like, a fully, you know... Right. Like, actual hiding place. It's not just, like, oh, I put it in this box under my bed. Like, yeah. Like, okay. So, <laughs> nobody really cares. So, we'll make note of the more interesting ones going yeah, forward. Yeah, so we'll, we'll pull that out. this one, Gummy Bears in Her Pillowcase, was not very exciting. Um, I do think it's interesting that... Um, we really do, I mean, it just means, goes to show that they are written really well, um, even for, for level of detail for kids books that of course we don't get a lot of fashion description in this one. It's Christy point of view. She doesn't care about that. Um, those are these little things that I'm noticing, Mm -hmm. like the The actual thought and care. Yeah. It's really, um, it's really cool watching that sort of develop and, and you can really see the. The difference is, I know I I got to the Claudia and the Chicken Pox chapter, and I knew it was Claudia right away because in the beginning they always have the little excerpt from the um, the notebook from the notebook, and it, it, she spelled Pox P O C K S Chicken Pox, and I was like, oh, it's a. I read that those two words, and I was like, uh, it's a Claudia. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a little less easy to tell when you're reading the electronic version since in the books they have yes. the font. The Correct. handwriting font for each of the girls. So then it's very obvious. And this is just uh, in the um, electronic version. It's just italics. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was, it, it's interesting how quickly we're starting to pick up mm-hmm. on those things. So that's, yeah. Stay tuned for, it's fun for that continuation. All right. So let's talk about the next book. What's next on the docket? Um, so our next book is Claudia and the new girl. Um, so this one, I have pretty strong memories of reading this one. I don't think it's one of the ones that I still have from a kid, being a kid. And again, this might be a Dawn and the Hidden Secret Passage way where it's, I'm thinking of a different book, but I'm pretty sure this is the one. Okay, so, so wait. So before you give your what you think is correct, I have nothing. So I'm oh. going to give my <laughs> my uh, like wild okay. way um, far more off base. So I'm going to predict that there is a new girl – and, <laughs> wow, you got that from the title? <laughs> I know. I'm really, you know, using my pop culture savvy. But I, I'm i going to go with it is somebody that makes Claudia feel insecure. Um, or actually, no. It's somebody that Claudia really, like, looks up to and admires, and then she gets disillusioned with her. That's actually not far off from what I recall. Okay. So I think that as Claudia starts taking more art classes, and this is a girl in one of the art classes. I think her name is Ashley. Okay. Um, so they, is she older? I'm, I'm mentioning somebody older. I don't older. think she's older. Okay. She might be like a little bit older, but not like – not like she might be like eighth grade. Oh, I was thinking like a high school. Like I don't – she might be like 15 at the most. Okay. Like she's not like significantly older. Gotcha. Um, but I think that – so – I think Claudia starts taking more art classes and she starts spending all of her time doing art and hanging out with Ashley, if that is her name, and focusing on the art and not on the Babysitter's Club or even babysitting. And I feel like, and this this is just popping into my head, I feel like there's like a time when she's supposed to babysit for like Jamie and she blows it off at the last second and and whoever fills in for her, Jamie's like very sad that Claudia's not there. That just like jumped into my head. 
Um, but I'm pretty sure they, the girls essentially have like an intervention with her and are like, do you want to do this or not? after the club. Yeah. Well, not necessarily like her or the club, but like you haven't been doing anything with the club. Do you sort of like in Marianne Saves the Day when she's sort of, when they're like, Christy, do you want to do this anymore? And she's like, of course I do. I'm the president. Like, I don't think it's going to be the exact same reaction, but like, I think it's another thing where it's like, you're not doing anything for the club. You're not babysitting anymore. Do you even want to do this anymore? Interesting. And I think at the end, um, yeah, I think that she, Ashley ends up like not being as cool as Claudia thinks, or like she maybe like calls the club babyish or something, something like that, th- and which is like high treason in their minds. Yeah, so. I think it's it's either like she talks badly about the babysitters club, or she talks badly about one or all of the girls in the babysitters club. And I think that Claudia is like, you know, as you're has a reality this, this check, is sort of ringing some bells. Yeah. If it's not the plot of this next one, I feel like it's definitely the plot of. Yes, I I very very vivid memories of there being a girl named Ashley that. Okay. Takes Claudia away from the Babysitter's Club. The Ashley's ringing nothing for me, but it was I'm, the 80s, it, so... It's probably not Ashley. I'm just, like, inserted that because it was the 80s, but I want to say it's Ashley. Interesting. We'll see. Okay. Some of these are, like, so, like, granular in the details, and some are like, I don't know what the fuck this is. <laughs> yeah, like, this one, we obviously had no idea. I, yes. I, we knew it, obviously, my guess would have been it was had something to do with the kids in the new neighborhood, yes. just because they had sort of set that up, but... um. But yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting. Can't yeah. wait to find out. We'll see in two weeks. Um, I do have a little bit of final business. I want to mention, um, I did look up. It was Jessica was our fabulous oh, listener yes. who emailed us about Bossy. So thank you, yes, Jessica. thank you, Jessica. We, uh, we've mentioned it a couple of times, but um, both people we know and don't know have started to reach out to us and share things about the podcast. And we freaking love mm-hmm. it we love hearing from you we'd love to it's it really has really sparked a lot of conversation um in fact my friend jeff called me out um <laughs> it, for uh he appreciated hearing his name and of then he, he called us out for um our judginess on stacy and the slightly older lifeguard because now he pointed out which he's absolutely correct we have friends who have 10 years age right. difference 15 years age difference and nobody bats an eyelash and yet he's what maybe 24 months older than her and we're like um so it like he's like five years older than her oh that's right he was 17 yeah never mind but even still uh, five years but at that time like at what point does it become okay in fact on the way over here i was just listening to um this week's episode of veronica mars investigates um with some of our favorite podcasters yes and they were they were talking about um, the Logan or Logan the Leo Veronica mm-hmm. age difference and like it it somehow a uh, senior dating a sophomore doesn't seem skeevy but a college kid dating a junior in high a junior right. in high school seems weird like how that that plays out but anyway mm-hmm. it's led to a bunch of short version of me babbling. <laughs> Your comments have led to a bunch of really interesting conversations, yes. and, and we, love we, would, it. we would love to hear more. So continue to rate, review, subscribe, email, Twitter, all of those ones. Things. Yes. Because you can follow us at uh, Generation BSC on Instagram and Twitter, and you can email us at generationbsc at gmail.com, which is very easy. <laughs> Same on both. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, with that, I'm Kate Vlasic. And I'm Lauren Hunter. And this episode of Generation BSC is now adjourned. Say hello to your friends.